What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today to talk about values. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. That sounds like something you're into. Let's go. Values are so important. And it's this episode has kind of been a long time coming because there's values kind of dictate a lot of the decisions that we make. And a value is essentially in my mind, a value is something that holds meaning or purpose. And like the actual definition of value is the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, worth or usefulness of something. And so that carries into all sorts of facets of life of like, oh, this person's net worth, this is their value. They're valued at, you know, $10 billion or whatever, or the value of this thing is such. But I think values, what's so interesting about values to me is that they can be individualized and they're very unique. And it's so interesting to me to hear what other people's values are and what they hold important and valuable and truthful to them. And I think that it's massively important for us to live out of our values, to write them down, write them out in a journal or on paper so you can reference them and say, okay, like I know what my values are and it, I think it helps with decision-making. So if you aren't sure why something is off, a lot of times you can check back in with your values and say, oh, well, this is way off because it's not in alignment with what our values as a family are or what my personal values are or my business values. So I'm thinking about doing this specific job and there's something off about it in my mind. And why is that? Oh, it's almost like a roadmap or a guide to, to say like, Hey, these are the things that you've said you really care about that you hold above other things, you know, and you can reference that as a reminder to say, Oh, okay, well, (laughs) you know, the money is there, but I, it just doesn't align with this other thing that, you know, is, is a value of mine. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that job. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I've got several values that are, they're both related to allegory and elm and uh, to me personally. And if you are listening to this episode and you're like, holy shit, the episode title changed. It's, uh, or or the podcast title changed. It it has, it's story and growth now. And uh, just wanted to give you that reminder one more time. So new name, same new content. Yes. Formerly the Allegory and Elm podcast, and it was a struggle. It's been a struggle for me at the in the intro because I'm. It's so ingrained in me to say, you know, what's up, everybody. This Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast, and it's not what we're doing anymore. So, uh, but yeah, I think values really inform our stories and our growth as humans. And so, Katie, I wondered if you could kind of kick things off by sharing one of your values. Yeah, I would love to share some of my values or one of my values. I think I want to back up just a little bit, though, because I never really realized like how to get to the process of knowing your values until a couple of years ago. You know, I obviously and we all obviously have things that are important to us. 
But I think what I've realized about the process of really refining and naming my values is it gives me common language to hold on to rather than like a feeling or like something that I know is important, but like actually having a word to associate with it has really helped me to make my values much more applicable and like living in my life instead of just a feeling or like, you know, like kind of like you said, I feel like something is off or I feel this way about this, but it's like, if we know like the word around our value with it, one, it's easier to articulate it. It's two easier to set your boundaries around things from your values. Yeah. And so how did, how did we get to this point where we actually have naming of our values? I think for me, it was a process of really like thinking about what is most important to me. Like when I think about how I want to carry myself in the day, how I want to show up, what are those things that mean the most to me? And so I started more just kind of thinking about that and like the feeling around like how I want my life to feel. And then I actually like looked at a list of values of words and started to kind of match up those feelings with what I would use to describe that with a word. And so from there, I was able to create, I have five values, you know, you can have as many as you want, but I think really keeping it within like three to five helps you to one, remember them (laughs) two, like make them actually really realistic in your life. Would you add anything to like how you came to name your values? Cause I think that's an important step. Yeah. hundred percent. So for me, I think as I have started a growth journey in wanting to better myself, values became pretty quickly apparent that it was something that I need as a set of not rules, but a set of values, basically. It's like a guideline. Yeah. A set of things like bullet points that I can just go to and say, oh man, yeah that resonates, that feels good, that this is how I want to stay in alignment. And these things are going to help me to do so. It's, it's kind of like the 10 commandments. Like there's, it's this list that tells you like, Hey, here's some guiding principles. And so for me, um, you know, the, the values that I have are my guiding principles and, uh, I really honed in on them whenever I was rebranding as allegory and Elm. And it was like, okay, cool. You've been Andrew May photography for, you know, five years. What do you want this new brand to look like? And what do you want the values of your brand to be? So you can make decisions based off of your values, not just based off of what the market's doing or whims or, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what I feel like today or whatever. If you're able to bring it back to that that guidance that you have with your values, it, I think it makes decision-making a lot easier Mm -hmm. because it's almost like a, um, a confirmation of sorts. Whenever you, you go to your values and you see, and it, if it aligns with all of your values, it's like, okay, cool. Then this is a good decision, even if it doesn't pan out the way you want it to. So like, even if it aligns with your values and you get a little ways into it, you're like, ah, shit, this, 
this didn't go according to plan. It's okay because you can rest in the fact that like you, you were still within your values. And Mm -hmm. so you don't have to dwell on the fact that, you know, I, I think even the merch thing, like I bought a bunch of merch and, um, for allegory and Elm, And that could have been seen as a total fail. Like we sold some merch, but not as much as what I was hoping we would sell. And I don't regret it in any way because it was in line with my values. And so I I think that that helps you to, with your decision-making to never have something be like a wrong decision or a bad decision. It's just a decision. Right. Right. And I think having the values to you know, fall back on and, or use kind of as a filter when you're making decisions, I think it gives you more confidence in your decision-making because like you said, even if the outcome doesn't turn out exactly like you hope, you at least made that decision from a place of alignment with your values instead of what we typically do is just like make a decision willy nilly. And we don't really have anything to filter it through. Yeah. Or logically. We just like make the most logical or the most emotional. I I feel like, I don't know if this is an accurate statement, but like, I feel like maybe women tend to make more emotional decisions and men tend to make more just logical decisions. Yeah. And I, well, yeah. And I, I mean, I think this is where like the conversation around masculine and feminine energy, like there are times where it's good to be more in the emotional feminine energy when you're making certain moves in your life. And then there's times where it's better for you to be in the masculine energy, right? Same for a male. Like there's times where you need some of that feminine energy and you have it within you. It's just figuring out like when to engage that part of yourself or not. And I think your values help you to understand what ultimately is, is important to you. Yeah. Right. So that you're not just kind of willy nilly going through life. And so with that being said, kind of back to your original question, what, what are some of my values? So I think one that we share and we can kind of talk about this together maybe is vulnerability. I think for me, I've realized the power of vulnerability in my own life. One to be vulnerable with myself first Because if you can't be vulnerable with yourself, if you can't really like call your own shit out and start to work through stuff in your life where you have to kind of claim it, it's not really possible for you to be truly vulnerable with other people in a, in a healthy way. Right. So vulnerability has become something that's been very important to continue to filter things through like one, am I being vulnerable with myself? And when I go to be vulnerable with someone else, like, am I sharing my most authentic self with them? Because I've also already done some of that work. Yeah. I've found for me that vulnerability breeds depth and it has bred so much depth in so many different relationships for me. When other people are vulnerable with me, when I'm vulnerable with others, it just creates a space that feels sacred and it feels as though you can share anything with that person and not feel judged. You know, we're not necessarily vulnerable with people we don't feel safe with. And I think that that's a boundary because some people you try to be vulnerable with and it doesn't go well or it backfires. And so that is 
that's been a lesson for me somewhat. Like, I don't want to be guarded, but I have Mm -hmm. had times where I have been vulnerable. It's not gone well. And there's a lesson in that for me of, okay, uh, maybe that person has their own shit that is preventing them from, you know, connecting on that deeper level. And that's okay. You don't necessarily have to be as vulnerable with that person because it's an exposure for me. When I'm vulnerable, I feel exposed like, Hey, I'm telling you this thing that maybe I'm not super proud of or that I feel, and it makes me feel less than, and I'm sharing it with you and maybe you're going to judge me. Maybe you're going to try to correct my ways or whatever, I'm opening myself up to that, those possibilities and they're there. And so like the reason I value that is because for me, like I said, it allows depth. Mm -hmm. So whenever you or I do that, we're able to just engage on so much deeper of a level. And for me, I feel like that's what a lot of life is about is connecting deeply with other humans. And I don't think we do it with just trite, like, how are you today? Like, what's the weather like? And like some of that chit chat is fine. But for me, the best relationships I have are the ones where I can go into the deep end with Mm -hmm. people and not the ones where we just kind of stay in the shallows and talk about sports or talk about just things that don't really move the needle a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Talking about sports doesn't help me grow in any way. It doesn't help me to attain a higher version of myself. And not that you have to be doing that 24 seven, but for me, it just really, it really helps engage that part of my brain that really loves connecting deeply with other people. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important to really continue to connect to that piece because vulnerability is not easy. It's not, it's not really natural. So I think having it as a value for me has helped me to just be very connected to it and mindful of it. And not that it's not okay to have some of those more shallow interactions, but when I can feel comfortable and safe engaging vulnerably, that's like really important to me. And I know that now. And so it gives me permission to maybe go there a little bit deeper than I would without knowing that about myself. Yeah. And I think the opposite for me of vulnerability is hiding. So mm-hmm. when I'm not being vulnerable, I'm hiding whatever those insecurities are, whether it was like porn stuff or, uh, you know, a number of other examples of the affair, like it makes me feel disingenuous to not be vulnerable. Cause I feel like a part of me You're is just holding on to something. Yeah, yeah. I'm hiding. I'm betraying. I'm inward. I know what's going on and it's an unsettling that lives in me. And so for me, it's way better to have the escape valve or the valve of vulnerability to be able to tap into and say, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm feeling this way and I need some guidance, you know? So. Well, it's a practice too, right? Like the more, I feel like what we've learned is the more you do share and open up that it's not that it becomes easier, but I guess the fear around it becomes less because you've, you've seen that it is not like this big, scary thing most of the time. 
Right. And most of the time it actually opens up other people to meet you more vulnerably than they would have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I encourage everyone who's listening. Vulnerability has been a big value for us. And if you are someone who shies away from the vulnerable or from, you know, I do feel like that's somewhat of a tapping into the more feminine side of myself or the more emotional side of myself. So if vulnerability is challenging for you, then you have some work to do. And I think the work starts with just being honest with yourself and then you can be honest with other people eventually. Um, And then I want to jump into one of my values, which is part of why we started the podcast. It's one of the taglines. If, if you are a listener who listens to the very end of every episode, the very last thing I say is your story matters. And, uh, it's true. Like your story genuinely has value. And that's a statement to myself as well. Andrew, your story matters. It has significance and meaning. And I think for me, what's so important about this value is that I think sometimes we can look at other people and see either their social status or the way they dress or the way they talk or show up online or whatever uh, party, you know, political party they follow, or we find some way to, uh, even if it's the way they talk, we find some way to devalue them in our minds or to treat them as like, they don't have anything to teach me. And I think everyone has something to teach other people. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you're closed off to that, you'll miss out on the value that someone can bring you that maybe you think you're better than, or you think that person's beneath you. If that is your perspective, you are going to miss out. So for me, everybody's story matters is just something that I continually come back to whenever I have those twinges of like, Oh, this person doesn't have anything to teach me. Like look mm-hmm. at them, you know, do you have any yeah, experiences I, like that? I mean, I think for me, like that one kind of lines up with my value of connection Yeah, and in order to like really connect with people, you have to, you have to honor their story. I mean, I guess if you really, really want to connect, you have to honor each other's stories. You have to be able to sit in where that person is and not try to change them, not try to judge them, you know, which is hard. It's hard sometimes because we'll meet people who are so different from us or who we may have no idea what they're going through. And so we automatically like have judgments of, of what their life must be like. And we really have no idea. And so what I've found through my own value of connection is, I guess a vehicle that I've used to connect is to hear and honor other people's stories. Yeah. It's been the most connecting thing that I've ever practiced in my life. I love it. Hear and honor other people's stories. Is that what you said? Yeah. And the value, like the overarching value is that you value connection, connecting deeply with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It ties back into the, vulnerability one too, for me, Mm -hmm. like that's how, that's the vessel through which I connect with other people. A lot of times is being vulnerable and just being like, you know, especially with males, like for me, the, the male friends that I connect with the most are the ones who are willing to kind of 
put down some of the armor and say like, Hey man, I struggled too. Like, here's my struggle or I'm struggling with anger or I'm struggling with, you know, any number of things that we as males deal with. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I also think that you hit on a really interesting point that judgment is one of those things that really holds us back from connecting to other people. And yeah, it's basically just making a snap judgment about how that person's going to perceive you or who they are as an individual. And what you've done when you do that is essentially, you know, box them in. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that loads of times before about, I hate feeling boxed in. And so it's a practice for me to not judge other people and to not box them in our housekeeper. (laughs) She, when I first met her, I just thought she was like a total redneck Republican, like backwoods. Yeah, dude. And I, and we've told her this. So this is not shared with her. Well, to the counter, what was hilarious is her (laughs) first impression of me was that I was just a dick. Like I was a total asshole, uh, or that I was kind of like a spoiled prick basically. And she, I have some of the deepest conversations with her. And I think it's because once we were able to like really break down some of those barriers and have conversations. And if you're a Republican, I don't think anything less of you. I don't think that that's bad. I just, her specifically, she had this very like Trumpian Republican vibe and <laughs> it could not be further. From it's the truth. not at all. And so <laughs> by judging her, if I'd have kept with that judgment and said, this is the box that you're in and I'm never mm-hmm. going to let you escape the box that doesn't define her. But what it does is it, it taints my experience of what kind of relationship I could have with that person. It basically puts a like wedge an automatic wedge there. I mean, people feel that like an energetic wedge basically. Yeah. Whereas if you don't put that box on someone or you allow an openness of like just trying to connect in another way. So if you do feel like you adamantly dislike Republicans or whatever, whatever it is for you and, but that person has other value. So try to find other ways to Mm -hmm. connect with that person on a different level. And that's what I've done. And so like, now our conversations are some of the deepest conversations that I have with anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I think that that's fascinating. So, yeah. Well, and just on that point, I mean, this just came up in my head. It's like, if you are focused, it's kind of like what we talked about last night on clubhouse. Like if you're focused on the things that you think about someone or the negative aspects that you think are someone you're only going to see those negative aspects of them, right? You're only going to be able to see that negative frame that you've put them in versus like, can you find something, one thing that is their value as a human being? And then what I've found is you actually start to discover more and more things that are really valuable about them. And if you can see that, then it just starts to really shift your perspective on people, people who are different from you, people who have similarities to you, like you start to realize there really isn't that many differences between all of us. Right. Do you have the wolf thing memorized or can you pull that up? And while you're pulling that up, uh, I'm going to talk about 
another one of my values, which is having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. We've done a full entire podcast on that. But the top two for me are story and growth. So your story matters is number one for me. And then number two for me is growth mindset. So always have an, a mindset of abundance, a mindset of growth. I can grow. I can learn to appreciate this person who I thought was this thing and they're actually that other thing. Um, so yeah, go ahead and, and read that. I think that's super interesting. Yeah. So this is a, I think it's a native American proverb. Um, there's not an author listed, but it's called the tale of two wolves. And it says an old Cherokee told his grandson, my son, there is a battle between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. The boy thought about it and asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old man quietly replied, the one you feed. Yeah, I find that battle raging quite often in my mind or in my soul. And I love that it's wolves because I have a thing for wolves. I got a wolf tattoo. Um, but I find it so interesting to be put in that way because it is so true that whatever we focus our energy and attention on, that becomes our reality. So it's like a white wolf and a black wolf and, and whichever one you're paying more attention to or feeding that's the one that is is going to be more prominent. That's the one that is going to thrive and be fed and be nourished. And whether that's the negative or the ego or the jealousy or the any of those things or the joy and the happiness and peace and all of that. And I, I think for you, I know for me, like I'm striving towards peace. I want mm -hmm. a peaceful, calm Andrew. I mean, I don't know anybody that would say they wouldn't want to feel peace. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like a general thing that we're all striving for, I would say. hundred percent. And so I think that comes about by, you know, feeding, feeding that wolf that, you know, mm -hmm. has those qualities and it's not, it's not as easy as that. It's so cool to hear something like that and be like, yeah, man, that really makes sense. But how do we feed mm. the, the, the positive wolf or the like the practice of choosing the more positive mind Yeah, or the more growth mind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a total practice, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one like being aware and like catching yourself when you aren't in, in that positive. And it's not like, this is where I struggle. Cause it's like, I don't mean like good vibes only kind of thing. Cause like there's, yeah. there's room for the hard feelings and, and the, the feelings that come up that are hard, that are valid. I think what I'm learning though, is I don't have to think, believe everything I think or feel that as truth. Yeah. Like I can let those thoughts or feelings like those hard emotions come and go. They, they're not truth. Sometimes, sometimes they're just messengers, messengers like you brought up. You know, when you're judging someone, when you're feeling anxious, um, when you're sad, those are, those are just messengers. They're, they're just alerting you to something. It doesn't mean that you are, are an anxious person or 
you are a sad person. Like your identity is not wrapped up in that. Your value is not wrapped up in that. And so I think I'm learning like how to be more aware of those things coming in and taking note, honoring them, but not having to hang on to them any longer than I need to. Yeah. And not running from them. I think talking things out, having conversations, because I know there's times where you felt off. There's times where I felt really off and people are somewhat perceptible. You know, your spouse may be pretty perceptible, but they can't know everything that's going on in your mind. So sometimes it takes just, you know, being honest and being vulnerable with someone to say like, Hey, the, the black wolf is winning right now. Like the, the dark wolf side of me is, it's really pulling. It's, you know, it makes me think of star Wars too. Mm -hmm. There's the light side and the dark side of the force. And there's, there's pulls to both sides because there's so much power with the dark side, you know, and there's, there's power in totally fucking off and not, not putting in hard work. Like there's, there's, Taking it feels like there's value yeah. in that. And there is to a point. Yeah. It's rest is what mm-hmm. that is. But like an adulterated rest is like sloth. And right. so it's f- trying to find a balance of making sure things are done within, uh, what feels right to you. So Mm -hmm. if it feels like it's your third day of just eating cereal and playing video games, that, that may not be really considered rest at that point. That's more so just like entirely screwing off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess finding balance, which we had a funny conversation about balance. You, I remember you saying you like, don't really believe necessarily in that, but I think I, what I mean by balance is finding what finding your thresholds for Mm -hmm. things. So there are certain things that you have of like my threshold for pain is this, my threshold for uh, just screwing off and not doing work is this and kind of trying to find strike that balance for yourself where you're not overworking and not over resting, not over anything. We want our lives to feel like, we're in alignment. Yeah, definitely. And I think honoring the shadows when they come, cause there's a lot to teach us in the shadows. Yes. And this brings me to another one of my, uh, values, which is live by design, not by default. And so we had a whole ep- episode about the pen is in your hand. You're the author of your story. You're the author of your fate. Do not let someone else write your story. And so with everything we're saying here and a value that I constantly need to come back to is we have agency and we have choice in our lives and we can choose, you know, you and I choose each other daily on on a daily basis. We could choose not to, to be with each other. We could choose whatever that looks like. We could choose to travel more. We could, we have so many choices that sometimes it seems like you can just be frozen in place because it's overwhelming the amount of choice that we have in our lives. But, um, you know, something that is a value, but it's a value that I would say this is my most neglected value, honestly, Mm. is I, I don't do this enough is living by design, like saying, saying this is what I want. 
and I'm going to make this happen kind of mm. thing. Uh, I will talk about things. I, I don't know if I'm just like considered a dreamer, <laughs> but like I'll have great ideas and thoughts and holy shit. We're getting a storm. I'm not, not sure if you can here. hear the thunder, but Thor is here. You will design your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a reclamation, just kind of like, uh, well, let's fix that today, bitch. But yeah, living by design is something that I'd like to, I didn't really have an awareness until I spoke it out loud just now that that is something that is a value of mine, but I don't know if I live into that value as much as I want to, because we do want to travel more. I think we're making an effort to do that, but, um, yeah, just getaways. Like I loved Katie got to go to Texas for five days or so. And that was so great. And for everyone, for her, for me to get to hang with the girls, relationally just all around it worked great. And then like I went to Banff a couple of years ago in 2019, Canada, and that was such a great time for me to get away and just not be so fixated on the, the grind or, you know, all of it and just really kind of disconnect from a lot of that. And so I think that that is important for me is for us to individually have our separate trips that we do like our solo trips or whatever you want to call them. And then like our together trips, you and me individually, and then us as a family. So those are the types of things that I really want to live into more. So. Yeah. I mean, I think on that note, like that aligns with my value of adventure and just not, I mean, travel obviously is part of that, but I think too, just living each day as if it's a new adventure, like, what can, what can this day teach me? What can I give to this day? You know, how can I be more playful and adventurous in my day to day? Because I think, like you said, you get really stuck in the mundane sometimes and it feels kind of stale after a while. And that's when we kind of start to lose our zest and feel just more kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. And like almost burned out sometimes because we just are in the minutia. (laughs) And so I think for me, like, I, this is probably the value I don't connect to as much as either, because I think it's, um, it's engaging a different part of my brain than I'm used to. And it's like more on the creative side, right? It's like, how can I create this in my day? Because, you know, my day is going to happen how it's going to happen, but I can choose to like design it in a way, even if it's like the most mundane task, like, can I make that more fun? Like if I have to fold laundry, can I, put on some music and dance. If I have to, you know, take the kids to school, can I enjoy and just like celebrate the silence and the adventure and being like, you know, just like little things. And I think sometimes I forget that that's important to me Yeah, in creating like an adventure in each day. Yeah. It feels like there's an inherent risk in adventure. And so like, I, I know that sounds weird, but you know, getting on a plane and flying to Banff. I was like getting on a plane and flying to Yosemite by myself. The first time I did that felt scary to me. And I think that adventure sometimes can feel scary, but it's important. And it's, it ties into two of my values. One, which is taking risks, take risks. Like it's okay. (laughs) You know, don't take stupid risks to where you might get hurt, but take calculated risks because Mm -hmm. 
those are payoffs. It's a risk to put out a podcast where your first episode is I had an affair. That's a risky proposition that I don't think a lot of people would be willing to do. And that's not a pat me on the back. That's just a, it aligned with my values and I knew I would regret not doing it. So I wanted to do it. Well, and I think what we've learned from it is it's kind of been a key to, I know for your freedom and I think for both of our freedoms yeah. like to live out loud and just release that. That was, I mean, really this podcast like has been part of our healing journey. I agree. And the other piece that goes with that for me is embrace discomfort. And that's a huge value of mine because every time I have embraced discomfort, it has, that's what, that's my fertilizer. Basically it, what it's what makes me grow exponentially because I think, like I said before, when I'm keeping things to myself or holding things in, I feel disingenuous and like, I'm not living out of a place of abundance and growth and all of that. And so for me, fertilizer is embracing discomfort, doing things outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't grow a whole lot whenever I'm just watching movies. It's fun, but it's not helping me to grow. I grow when I speak at my mom's funeral. I grow whenever I try to set up a, a workshop that maybe no one will show up for because who am I to do a workshop? Right. And so I think that these things, they, they teach you that you have what it takes. Mm -hmm. And even if I was to do a workshop and no one showed up, I'm going to show up. And that, that matters to me. Like I'm going to show up for myself. And so yeah. Embracing dis discomfort builds confidence for me. And it's a huge value of mine. You got any others? Yeah, I'd say I was just kind of, I mean, the last two for me is, um, to live from a place of compassion, compassion for myself is something I've really been learning about. And obviously that then transpires into more compassion for other people. And then the other one that is really becoming more um, fruitful in my life is gratitude um, and choosing gratitude. And I've been reading this book called The Magic, which is from the author of The Secret, which I never really got into The Secret like, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever when it came out. But The Magic is kind of a build on it, I guess. I haven't read The Secret, but it's all about like cultivating gratitude and like really honoring what you already have in your life with this whole like concept of if we honor what we already have, we will bring in more abundance. And so that was really making it more tangible to me. Cause you know, I I've done gratitude lists every day for a long time, but it's like, this walks you through different practices around gratitude, like with your money, with your health, with your relationships. Um, I mean, there's like 28 days of <laughs> different practices that I'm only on like day five. But I think for me, gratitude is so important because when I choose to see the goodness that I already have, it really helps to shift my mindset like almost instantly. And there's also now a lot of science behind gratitude and how it actually does improve our health, improve our sleep, improve our relationships. So there's like the nurse nerdy, like geek in me is like, oh yeah. And it's validated with evidence, <laughs> you know, but it yeah. is, a, it's become a very important value to me to really try to see the things that I already have. 
Yeah. I love when you at dinner ask what people's gratitude is because it does make you pause. Every one of us, excuse me, every one of us pauses and has to think, oh yeah, what am I grateful for? And it makes you have a heart that, that is more abundant and one of gratitude. And also with gratitude, even thinking about our house situation, it's, I've been more appreciative of what we have with this house than kind of, you know, that I, the lack, you know, Mm -hmm. that I, that I feel less inspired because it's starting to feel dated a little bit and whatnot because it's 20 plus years old. I think that focusing on gratitude helps with that. And it goes back to the wolf thing that we talked about of like, am I feeding the lack or am I feeding the abundance of, I have an office here. I have a great office space where we record our podcast and I can get away, edit, do what I need to. Like we have an amazing room where we watch movies and play video games and have fun with the kids. We have a nice room where we can meditate. We have all these nice things like a Creek in the backyard. (laughs) It's basically like we have all these great things. And so if I'm focused on, the negative, then it does just feed that like, oh yeah, I just don't have enough. Like, and I do, I have more than enough. And like that, I don't know, that constant striving, I feel like that's become a big part of our culture with, and it's not bad to strive. I think it's good to like want more for yourself and more for your life. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time, but I think if you don't honor and appreciate what you already have, um, bringing in the abundance is going to be harder. hundred percent. The final point and the final question that comes up with all of this is like, where, where do our values come from? I think they come from knowing ourselves, getting to know ourselves, getting to know not how we've been conditioned or what we've been taught necessarily, but what really rings true for you at your innermost core? Yeah. For me, the answer that I came to was influence is something that really is where our values come from. So growing up, it's almost like whatever our parents' values are, they kind of like input into us and we, we take those and we carry those until we somewhat find our own values. So I think influence not only from parents, but I remember I used to look at magazines and whatnot of like bands and drummers and things like that. And I would find my value in those types of things. And they weren't necessarily like strong values. They were like, oh, you need to look cool. (laughs) You need to, Mm. uh, you need to value your appearance. You need to value your uh, health, which is a good thing. But uh, you, you need to value aesthetics is also some messaging that I got. So uh, those, those are, I want to say they're immature values that I had growing up, basically. Um, I mean, I, we all go through it. Yeah, we all do. The teen <laughs> magazines, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And so like value and then I think experience is the other thing that inf- mm-hmm. is where our values come from. So like our life experiences somewhat dictate what our values are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that lets you know that your values are going to change over time somewhat, 
they don't have to. I think for me, these would apply to 50 year old Andrew, you know, they, there might be some tweaks to certain things, but Mm -hmm. my experience over the next 20 years is going to determine somewhat what my values are. So it's important to keep going back to your values to check in on, am I in alignment? Are these decisions I'm making adding up to, or or are they in alignment with my values? And then how are my values evolving based on my Mm -hmm. experience? So yeah. If you haven't written your values down, get a pen and just put them on some regular ass paper. Or if you have a journal, put them in your journal. Um, Yeah. And I'd say like, be like, try them on. Like you, you can change them. Like just like sit with it for a bit, pick some words, try them on, see how they feel. If like I've changed my values a couple of times in like the last couple of years, just with shifting things in my life, like it's natural to have different things that are more important to you. And some of the roots are the same, but the words have changed and that's okay. Like, but just try it on, see how it feels. Yeah. This, this was a bit longer of an episode, but I feel I I knew it was going to be because there's so much meat when you're talking about values. So, and share your values with us. We'd love to know like what our community, what's important to our community. Yeah. Shoot us a DM. Let us know what your values are. Uh, Just say, Hey, what's up y'all? Here's my values. Here's my top two, my top three. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers, y'all. Peace. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegoryandelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be a real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.